0: Welcome to Living the Word Today, brought to you by Mount Calvary Baptist Church. We invite you to spend the next few minutes studying God's Word with your Bible teacher, Jesse Wagoner. Pastor Wagoner's desire for you is to not only understand God's truth, but to help you live it today. More resources can be found on our website, livingthewordtoday.com. Now it is time to open your heart and your Bible for your time in the Word. go i no. I recently heard this story about a lady. She was a grandma and she's uh, this elderly lady is coming out of the store. And she, as she approaches her car, she is startled to find that the car she is approaching has four young men seated in it. Fearing the worst, she opens her purse and pulls out a handgun and points at the car and yells as loudly as you can, Get out! All four doors fly open. Four young men spring out and dash away as fast as they can. She kind of gathers her her sensibilities and puts the gun back in her purse. And with a trembling hand, she gets in the car and she starts to start the car and suddenly realizes... The car is not hers. Hers is parked four spaces away. Well, she apparently went to a local police station and turned herself in and explained the situation. The officer said, well, I'm glad you came in because four young men came in a little bit ago uh, reporting that a pistol packing grandma had nearly scared them to death. So you gotta know what's yours. You gotta know what you own. And sometimes it feels like we own defeat. We own failure. We own nothing but downhill. But what we really own, and this is what we would need to know that we own, we own victory. Today we're going to talk about angelic victory. And we're going to let this study of the angels, primarily in the book of Revelation, lead us a little bit deeper into the reality that victory awaits for all of us who are God's children. Now, uh, I want to just start with this reality that, that victory indeed is ours. And I want to go to a verse that's found in Revelation in chapter 11, verse 15, where an angel making a proclamation says this. And this is really a kind of a summary of what this whole book is about. Then the seventh angel sounded, and there was a loud, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Very similar language appears back in the book of Daniel. And that's the promise of God the Father to God the Son, that he will inherit all the kingdoms of the world, and he will reign in this worldwide, eternal, unending kingdom. And it's going to be a kingdom that's marked with righteousness because the righteous king, the king of kings, and Lord of lords rules there. And what we see in this this chapter is all about moving in that direction. Now, there's a lot of angels in the book of Revelation, just some preliminary facts. More than 75 references, more than any other book in the Bible, more than 75 references to angels in the book of Revelation. They're all over. There's several clusters of angels. There's the seven angels of the seven churches in chapters 1 through 3. There are the uh, seven angels who blow trumpets in chapters 8 through 11. There's the three angels that make divine proclamation in chapter 14. In chapters 15 and 16, there's the seven angels that pour bowls of judgment upon this world. Now, they do various things. About 30 times, they are doing something, uh, making a specific message, delivering a specific message from God. About 34 times, they are doing something that God has directed them to do. Five times they're pictured in worship and three times they're pictured in warfare. So a lot of angels are in this book, and we're just going to look at a few of them. But we need to understand, and let me just summarize again the book based on Revelation eleven fifteen. Here it is. The book of Revelation is the promise, proclamation, and process of Jesus receiving an everlasting kingdom. That's what the book of Revelation is all about. But let's just change one word in that phrase. Angels are all about the promise proclamation and process of Jesus receiving an everlasting kingdom. Let's add just change one more word. We should we should be all about the promise, proclamation, and process of Jesus receiving an everlasting kingdom. Let's just make it even more personal with one more word change. You should be all about the promise, proclamation and process of Jesus receiving An everlasting kingdom. It's all about His kingdom, and we can engage in it now because we know that there is going to be victory yet, and the angels are going to take part in it. We're going to witness it, and Christ is the victor. So let's think about victory today, and let's just think about how this all works. First of all, we're going to find out that that angels fight for the kingdom and the King and His kingdom. So let's take a look at that. Go if you will to chapter twelve. In Revelation, you see this, and it's it's probably a summary statement of of history even beyond the end times. But here in chapter 12 and uh, verse 7, you find these words, "...and a war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail, nor was place found for them in heaven any longer." So the great dragon was cast out, the serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast out to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Verse 10, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren, who accused them before our God day and night, has been cast out. And as you progress through the book, you see Satan more and more is confined, and eventually he's confined in his ultimate place of condemnation, so you see this this fight, this struggle that's going on, uh, that that is taking place. So that's going on today. We've talked about that earlier in this series as we've tried to look at angels and in, in in various detail from uh, various places in the Scripture but there is angelic warfare going on. It's behind the scenes, it's outside of the realm of the physical, so you and I see very little of that, but the reality is it's going on, and it ultimately will continue on, and it will even intensify in the end times. As things progress to Jesus coming and and receiving this kingdom, all the kingdoms of the world as his. One of the things you also see in Revelation is Satan's last attempt to find, to found, I should say, a unified kingdom that he is going to rule over through his surrogate, the one that we know is the beast or the antichrist. So with that in mind, we, we understand that, that this struggle goes on, this warfare goes on. Uh, there's, a, there's a couple references that I want you to look at. One is in chapter 14 in verse 15 here in Revelation, where we see this imagery of harvest taking place. So Revelation 14, beginning of verse 15, another angel came out of the temple crying with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud thrust in your sickle and reap for the time has come for you to reap for the harvest of the earth is ripe. So this, this end time is going to be marked with God coming in judgment, Christ coming in judgment, kind of like a harvester coming to, 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 you know, finish up the harvest. Uh, Jesus uses the same imagery in Matthew chapter 13, where he talks about the angels will go out and, and, and be part of this, this grand judgment, harvest judgment, if you want to say it that way. So that's going to be the kind of the final act in this drama of warfare that you see so what are the angels doing now and will be doing more intensely then is simply this they fight for the king and his kingdom and folks we do the same you and i should fight for the king and his kingdom we need to stand for the truth believe the word take it as it is even when maybe the majority the vast majority tell us that this is irrelevant that this is unimportant, that it needs to be reevaluated, that what once was considered wrong is a cultural thing long ago, but now it needs to be interpreted. No, 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 no. We operate on the basis that this was once delivered to us, delivered to the saints, that God's word is true. Let God be true and every man be found out a liar. So we stand on this. So you understand. So how do we engage with this? How do we engage with this reality, this reality that, that we should be all about Uh, the promise, proclamation, and process of Jesus uh, becoming the king, coming the king over these kingdoms of the world. How do we engage in that? What do we do now? What can I do now? We think, I have very little to do. How can I be part of the fight? Well, oftentimes, and you go back to World War II, is probably the the pinnacle of this, where the whole country came together to support the war effort. There was rationing. There were people who went off and worked in plants. Women took jobs that had traditionally been men's jobs, and on and on ago. Everybody was involved doing something for the war effort. Well, we need to be all hands on deck and involved in this war effort, if you will. And I want to just suggest one of the things that we can do is simply this, that we can give. If we're going to be all about the king and his kingdom, then we can give and I thank you for your generous giving just the fact that I can come to you today is because of the generous giving of God's people and God's people have given generously and I thank you for it and I just want to encourage you to continue. I want to just give you an example of what your giving does and this is a real practical example. Uh, This this past week on Thursday uh, Pastor Campbell meets with the teens every Thursday during the day for what they call hangout time and it's in our gym and in the youth center and and it's a great time for the teens to come, get to know each other, have some great time, great spiritual enrichment and encouragement. But uh, our air conditioner stopped working. And uh, you don't want to be in our gym when the air conditioner is not working and it's nearly 90 degrees exterior. Okay, so this is nice to say So we called the, 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 our normal repair people. And, and what you see on the screen right, right now is the blower motor. That was bad. By the way, we found out it was original equipment. So it's been in its place for about 18 years. So we probably got our money's worth out of that blower. But it quit working. And to get it replaced and put back in the uh, right spot, it cost about $300 to $350. So we think, you know, we don't think about those things. Sometimes the money we give, where does it go? Well, in this case, $300, $350 went to keep the air conditioner going so our teens can have this great opportunity and all the other things we do in that part of our facility. But we had money in the bank because someone or several someones gave. And that money in the bank, we didn't really plan on replacing a blower motor and an air conditioner. But when it came about, we had that available. We try to manage the money God gives us wisely. But I want to thank you for you. Keep giving. Keep finding ways to give. And keep, keep being faithful in your giving. God will reward you. God will bless you. God will honor you as you do. You want to support the war effort? Make sure that we all are giving as we should, and I thank you and commend you for doing that. Secondly, we need to look at this. Angels also accompany the king in his kingdom or to his kingdom. Look at Revelation chapter 19, and this is the picture here, the description, I should should say, of Jesus actually returning from heaven. Look down in verse 14. And the armies in heaven, clothed in white linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. So as he's coming, and he said earlier in verse 11, I'm going to read verse 11. And, and now I saw heaven open and behold a white horse and he who sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he, he judges and makes war. And he's described as, you know, a robe dipped in blood. He's called the word of God. It's all obviously Jesus and he's coming to enact judgment on the wicked and to establish his kingdom. But notice what it says in verse fourteen: "And the armies in heaven clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses." Now, that probably is referring to the redeemed, the saved. But the armies of God also, in the in the Old Testament, particularly, referred to the angelic armies. I suggest to you that it is a both end. A situation when he comes back. The armies of God, the hosts of heaven are coming and we will ride back with them after we were taken to heaven seven years prior or we've been there from the point of our death waiting this time of him redeeming this world and setting up his kingdom. So they'll be coming with, they accompany with him. He is part of that and uh, he will come in his glory. There's a reference that's found in Matthew uh, chapter uh, 16, verse 27. Let me just read that to you it says for the son of man will come in the glory of his father and with his angels and then he will reward each according to his work so when he returns the angels are there and if you study this book and i've looked at every reference to angels in the book of revelation in preparation to study and it's sad that i can only share just a few of them but you'll see the angels are moving along remember we talked about that opening statement it's all about the promise he will have the kingdom. The proclamation, they share that. They proclaim it to others. And then the process as they bring along. So the, you have the seven trumpets blowing and if the angels blow and certain things happen and certain pronouncements are made. But they're all part of this process of bringing in the kingdom that we're going to see. So let's think again. Remember, this is what we said. You should be all about the promise, proclamation, and process of Jesus receiving an everlasting kingdom. And again, we ask, well, what can I do? I'm not Michael and his archangels, uh, Michael the archangel and his angels fighting against Satan, uh, coming on riding horses as victor. I mean, how do we relate to that today? Well, we relate to it, first of all, because we know there is ultimate victory. We've read the last chapter. We know how it ends. So don't worry about the seeming defeat. Don't Don't worry about the wickedness of the world. Don't worry about all the things that you and I experience that may be different than we've experienced before. But victory awaits. The angels will be part of it. Here's the great news. You know I'll be a part of it. And the greatest news is a victory for our Lord, our Savior, the one who has loved us, the one who died for us, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me just take a moment and say, do you know him as your Savior? Have you trusted him as your Savior? If not, I want to just encourage you to put your faith in him. He is the Savior of the world. And someday he will be the king over all of this world. And let me just say this to you, that he asks you and he invites you and he he implores you, as do I, to put your faith in Him, to turn from your sin, to turn from all the mess of, of life and believe in Him. Believe that He died on the cross for you. Believe that through His death, sin's price has been paid. Believe that He will save you, forgive you, and someday make you part of His glorious future. But how about us as believers? What can we do? We talked about giving. Let's talk about gathering, gathering together. One of the ways that we, we just further the kingdom is God's people are together. By the way, people out there see it. I have people tell me all the time, "Wow, I saw how many people was on your parking lot at a certain event." You know that people notice that. People notice when you you leave your home and you go to church, and uh, you can let uh, even in this online service, you can let others know that that you're you're watching as I deliver this message. Share this message with someone else. Hit that share button. Hit the like button. Put a comment on it. Let other people know that that this is part of what you are doing. But gathering together, and that's been God's standard for us for for from the beginning of the church, that we're not to forsake assembling together. And some of you, because of health and situation, work, whatever, uh, you can't be gathering in person. So we are keeping this, what we call a bridge in place. We want our online services, what I share with you here, to be a bridge until we can be back together, if God wills that. But we need to be together because it strengthens us. I, I saw a quote that the pastor Adam shared with me recently about someone who was talking about, they just got involved in one of our life groups. And this lady simply said, speaking for her and her husband and her kids, I wish we had done this sooner because it meets such a need in their life. And I think that uh, any of us, if you get involved in a life group, I know I really enjoy the the group that that Julie and I meet with and it, and be with. It's it's it's, a, it's a, such a blessing, and and we we, we you would think you're gonna say, I believe you'll say, it, go one or two or three times, get involved, and you're gonna say at some point, I wish I'd have done this sooner because we need to be together with other people. We just need to be encouraged. We need to study and pray and live life together. Someone else said, I said this about coming back to church after being away because of uh, the, the, the health situation that we have all are aware of. And they, they said this to me. He said, I didn't know how much I missed this. <laughs> There's just that joy of being together. You want to be part of the, of the kingdom and supporting that? Get together with other believers. Study, learn, grow, encourage, pray for, be involved, serve. Gathering together is a big part of how we do that. So let's move on. Angels will also protect and attend the kingdom. Now, this is sort of a broad swath of of, of reality. But I want you to go to chapter 20, and uh, you'll see how this takes place. And this is a, a very significant thing that unfolds here in chapter 20. Chapter 20, verse 1. And I saw an angel coming down from heaven. So this, coming out of heaven, heading toward earth, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon. That serpent of old, who was the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal on him so that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished. But after these things, he must be released for a little time. So that's 20, chapter 20, verses 1 through 3. So the angels are involved in this Protection of the kingdom and God's people, so when Christ sets up his kingdom, Satan is not loose in this world like he is now, but he'll be bound for that thousand year kingdom and you can read about later in the chapter how he's released for a little bit and then this heaven the new, this heavens and this earth are destroyed, new heavens and new earth are made, and then we enter enter this, this, this realm of eternal righteousness, no more sin, no more decay, no more tempter, and Satan will be ultimately dealt his last judgment. But the fact that this, notice it's a chain in his hand, cast in the bottom of pit, shut up, seal set. He is finally going to be there. Remember we talked earlier about as you progress through Revelation, Satan is doing all these things to try to set up this counter kingdom to the great kingdom of God. At the same time, he's finding more and more confinement, more and more confinement, cast out of heaven, locked, you know, located only on earth, eventually into this pit and so forth. Because it's the progress toward what we read all the way back in chapter 11, where this angel says that the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. He's coming to claim his kingdom. And angels are going to protect that and be involved in that. Just remember where we began. you got to know what you own. And what you and I own is victory. And let's live like it. Let's put a smile on our face. Let's have some enthusiasm. Let's have some joy. Let's have some peace and comfort and contentment and let's be involved in serving him. Let's tell others about Jesus. Why? Because of the victory that we have. Even as we look at these angels in these last, these moments. Go to chapter 21 down to verse 9. Same chapter. And we see this, this, this wonderful, uh, not same chapter, excuse me, next chapter. 21 verse 9 where he says, And then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came to me and talked to me saying, Come, I will show you the bride the lamb's wife. So as John is receiving this vision, this angel who was part of earlier judgment comes and says, I want to take you on a little tour. I want to show you the trophy of the kingdom. I want to show you the trophy of God's grace. I want to show you the the, the one thing that that the Savior, the King of Kings has lavished his love on, and that's the bride. And you probably already know that the bride of Christ is the church, the redeemed, saved people who put their faith in Christ. And you think about this. In other words, the angel says, I want to put the spotlight, John, on you and I. Why? Because victory's out there. Victory awaits. Victory is assured. Let's live like the victors. Let's know what we own. And we own victory. And we should be all about the promise and the proclamation and the process of Jesus receiving this eternal, everlasting kingdom. And we can be involved in it now as we focus on that. As we, as we order our lives with that in mind, not just living selfishly, not just getting through, not just enduring another day, but thriving and growing and learning and serving and finding God at work in our world today, and indeed He is. If you look around, you'll see it very, very often. One more time, one more verse, I should say, 21 verse 12. He describes in these next verses the New Jerusalem, we would call it heaven, but it's the, this new Jerusalem, the, the, this wonderful city that's described in magnificent and dazzling and awe inspiring detail and you I would encourage you to take time to read it if you want to know what you own this is this is your permanent residence you, sometimes we think about going on a vacation we're going to be staying in this hotel or this resort or this campground or or this this rental house, and we want to see what it looks like we want to know what all the amenities are well God's given us the God's given us the tour booklet in advance about the new Jerusalem. And we need to be familiar with it. And the more we're familiar with it, the more we're going to know what we own. And what is it we own? We own victory. We own victory. So you see here, as he's describing the new Jerusalem, and just one little aspect of it, go down to verse 12. And he said, and she had a great and high wall. So there's this wall around the city with 12 gates and 12 angels at the gates. And names written on them which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. And it says there's three on each of the, the four square side in the next verse. So what are angels doing? Remember we talked about they protect and attend the kingdom. Their warfare is over because Satan is, has been ultimately dealt with. Uh, there is no more struggle to proclaim the, the everlasting gospel because it's all been proclaimed and the redeemed are all gathered. But they now have a new duty, at least these 12, and maybe they rotate shifts. I don't know. But uh, these 12 are on duty standing guard as an honor guard just to add a, a special emphasis on the specialness of the city of God. Uh, it's sort of like uh, like the soldiers that would guard the, the tomb of the unknowns in Washington, D.C. They're not there made primarily to protect, but to show honor. To show honor. The angels will be showing honor. Because why? They protect and they attend the kingdom. They are all about the kingdom. And if the book of Revelation is all about the kingdom, and if angels are all about the kingdom, and we're to be all about the kingdom, then remember, you and I should be all about the promise, the proclamation, and the process of Jesus receiving an everlasting kingdom. How do we relate to that? We talked about giving. We talked about gathering. Let's talk one more. Let's just use the word go. We can be involved in service. There's somebody that you can invite to know something about the Lord Jesus Christ that doesn't know him today. Or maybe it's a believer. Maybe they've dropped out of church. Maybe they've grown discouraged or disillusioned with church. You can invite them back into the fellowship. There's something that you would find in the freezer at our home that I suspect that maybe you need to go check after church today. Maybe you need to go check. That might be in the freezer at your house. Maybe you have one of these. (laughs) Got some ice cream sitting around uh, that uh, just is waiting for someone to enjoy. Maybe you enjoy it. Very few people that you meet uh, don't like and enjoy ice cream. Let me encourage you to do this. Find someone in your life, someone that in your neighborhood, someone that you've had some sort of relationship and you like to build a bigger relationship. Try this. You go to them and you simply say, would you come over to our place? We're going to have a bowl of ice cream together. Simple, not a meal, not a fancy thing, you know, kind of kind of innocent and kind of uh, uh, low intensity. Just come. And while you're there, just get to know them, get to know them. And maybe you can just say, you know what? Maybe you noticed that that we go to church and uh, it's a big part of our life and we just really find it enjoyable and refreshing. And I don't know if you have a church or that you're interested in that, but we would love to have you just join us some Sunday and go with us. You know, studies say that probably about 70, 80% of people who receive that kind of a personal invitation will actually go and visit with you at church. It might be the start of them coming to know the Savior. If you have the opportunity to go deeper into a conversation, you, uh, you just go head on. We're, we're making some special uh, resources available at our in-person service. We'll make those available online later in this year. But, so how you can just take this step of, of just, just inviting others in this non-threatening way, you can go. You can find other ways to serve. There's people hurting. There's people that need a touch. People that need you to sit with them. People need you to call them. But you go and be part of this because this is what we're all about. We're to be all about the process, the proclamation, and and this reality of the promise that he has given us that Jesus is going to inherit and, and and, and, and rule in this everlasting kingdom. You and I can function in this realm of support through our giving, through our gathering, and through our going. Now, I want to bring those three things up on the screen one more time. There's the words. You see them in front of you. I would encourage you to pray this way. And as you pray over it, Lord, which one of those three words do I need to work on first? Maybe it's the gathering. Maybe it's the giving. Maybe it's the going. Maybe it's two of the three. Maybe it's all three. But whatever stands out as the starting point, will you just, as an act of worship this morning, an act of response, say, Lord, I want you to help me to get started on that one right now. And maybe you've been slacking your giving. Maybe today's the day you want to go online to our giving app and make a special gift today. Or maybe there's some other worthy ministry that you can give to that, that's on your heart and mind as God would lead you. Or maybe it's like, you know, there's somebody I can't reach out. Maybe it is time to get out the ice cream bowl and the scoop and invite someone over. Or maybe it's, I've not been gathering. Maybe it's time to get in a, a life group. Maybe it's time to, to just turn up the intensity and my, my uh, consistency in gathering together. But whichever word stands out to you, you pray about it and you get started. Because this will be a great way to start this reality and keep it going because you are to be all about the proclamation, the promise and the process of Jesus receiving this kingdom. And you and I get to be a part of it because friends, indeed we own victory. Thank you for joining us for Living the Word today. We appreciate your sharing in this study of the scriptures. And thanks too for your prayers and for letting others know of this ministry as we seek to be Living the Word today. We would love to have your feedback and to hear from you. And the best way to contact us is through our website, livingthewordtoday.com. Until next time, may is blessing be yours.